I don't know very many of you, but I lead worship every week, but my name is Josiah. I'm the worship pastor here, and um, I have a tremendous privilege of being able to introduce our guest speaker tonight. Um, so this man, I probably met him seven or eight years ago. Um, his name is Joe Ewan, and um, Joe, we call him affectionately Papa Joe here around, around these parts. Um, Joe has been in relationship with the Antioch church planning movement for many, many years. Um, and then recently, his, his church planning movement in um, Scotland was, was grafted into the Antioch movement. But, but what Joe brings is he brings wisdom and oversight to our whole church planning network. Um, and specifically, he brings that in the area of prophecy. So Joe, um, Joe operates really powerfully in the gift of prophecy, and we love having him in town because when he comes into town, you know, the Bible says, the Bible says that prophecy is for the strengthening, encouraging, and comfort of the, of the church. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And that's what he does. He comes in, he strengthens, he encourages, he comforts, and he builds up the church, and he serves so faithfully in doing that. Um, and so I'm, I'm so thankful for what for what he brings. Uh, when Paul is discussing the, the prophetic, the, the gift of prophecy, Paul actually, to talk about people who use the gift of prophecy, I believe he means like those that really acutely use it, but in general, you see this at the end of 1 Corinthians 12, and then you also see this in 1 Corinthians 14, he actually calls those people prophets with a little p, prophets. Like they, they, they are people that prophesy with a little p like what we believe is like joe doesn't write scripture but joe very very powerfully and very pointedly hears the voice of the lord and, and longs to be someone who brings what what the lord has to the body of christ to encourage strengthen and build up and so without further ado i'll just bring joe up here and let's let's welcome him hey Praise the Lord. Thank you, Josiah. Well, I bet some of you are wondering, what's this old guy doing up here? Uh, well, I'm here to stoke the fire because I hear there's a fire burning in this place. Okay? So don't get all cool on me, okay? Um, we're we're going to stoke the fire. We're going to see what the Holy Spirit has to say through us. Now, who's having sinus problems? Someone here? Yeah, a few people here. Could you just stand up if you're having sinus problems tonight? Oh my goodness me, I've hit, I've hit the jackpot. I've hit the jackpot, okay? We're going to pray for you. Uh, we're going to pray for you, but we're going to heal you because Jesus never prayed for the sick. I hope you realize that. He only ever healed them. And that's what he said to his disciples, go heal the sick. So that's what we're releasing to you tonight. We're releasing healing into your sinus. So if you dare let someone touch your nose or your forehead, then you maybe you will get healed tonight. You got faith to believe it? And the rest of us, if we got faith to deliver the word, like get up on your feet then and go deliver the word to someone. 
And don't sit down till someone has prayed for you, okay? Okay? So, great stuff. Let's do it. Now, faith prayers are quick prayers, okay? It's not Pinocchio you're praying for. His nose is not that big, okay? So we just release God's power in Jesus' name. If their nose starts to grow, then you've re- get them to repent, okay? So thank you, Lord. Amen? We just release your grace and your glory. Thank you, Father. Okay, well, hey, you've had a great time in Southern California. I followed you. I came in just after you left. In fact, I came in on the Sunday night. I think you were already traveling. And um, I had a great time too. I got the aftermath, the, the overflow um, of what you did when you were there. And um, just so thankful that uh, we're seeing God move in so many different places um, in, in, in the church at this moment in time. And, you know, I want to share with you just a little bit here um, because the gifts of the Holy Spirit are very important. They're important to me um, um, personally. And, um, and I believe they're important to God. I believe they're important. You saw that when you're out um, on your outreaches and stuff. And maybe someone, some of you have not been out in your outreaches yet. Or uh, maybe you're thinking and going, and maybe you're thinking you should go on this next mission trip. Well, we'll equip you for this next mission trip, okay? We'll get you ready for that. Um, we'll get you ready for your tomorrow, because um, who knows where you're going to be tomorrow. There will be someone that's waiting for you to come along. Oh, your, your enthusiasm overwhelms me. My goodness me. Anyway. I thought they were, Lord, I thought they were all going for it here. You know, help me, help me, Lord, help me. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. But I'm not, no, I'm not, I, I, well, anyway. My, my nose might start growing in a minute. Um, but just, you know, God is so good. And we can, we, we have this opportunity to enjoy Jesus maybe like never before, you know. How's your storm going on? You know, Amy Carmichael, she was a famous Irish missionary, and she went to India, never, ever came home and furlough. She stayed there all her life. And um, before the end of her life, they used to carry her out to preach because she had a curvature of the spine. And just an amazing woman of God. She said this, faith is not faith until you live your song. I love that last song. It's a new song to me as well. And, um, <clears throat> and so, you see, and someone said to me recently, um, we, can, we, we can sing something that we would never say. Like this, I surrender all, you know. I'm surrendering everything to you, Lord. We wouldn't readily say that, but we would easily sing it. And, um, but God takes us seriously, you see. Um, anything that we are saying, he's very keen to listen to because his ear is not deaf that he cannot hear. Amen? Nor is his, his arm too short that he cannot save. 
And he wants to bless you. He wants to encourage you. Amen? Because he's a God of... Can I move this around here? Thank you. I, I don't know. I just think this... You know, they were uh, trying to get at them somehow or another. But I better just... I better just even it up a little bit. You know, they're looking a bit low on this side now. So be praying for them. And they pray for you. And... Um, <clears throat> And, you know, I, I left school before my 15th birthday. I'm not going to tell you how old I am. That may be a word of knowledge someone will get to tell me how old I am. Anyway, um, and, and I was on a fishing boat up in the northeast of Scotland, and I used to fish in the North Sea. And I only went to sea for that summertime to see if I was, could become a fisherman. Anyway, 17 years later... I saw laid down my nets to follow Jesus. Uh, seven or eight of those years, I had my own trawler, and we worked between Norway and Scotland, and some very rough seas. I know what it means to be in a storm, and um, a natural storm. And, you know, it's very similar to an inward storm. It's like wave after wave after wave. But, you know, the Bible says in, and, um, in Psalm 29, the last verse, that Jesus, he, he, he stands above the waves. He stands above the wave. And, you know, the, the, the greatest strength of Jesus in a storm is to deliver his peace into your heart. Because that's what he always said to a storm, peace be still. Peace be Psalm 107, uh, verse 28 says, He calms the storm and the waves are still. So if you're in a storm tonight, it might be a relationship storm. Maybe it's something to do with work or studies or family, whatever it might be. Jesus wants to minister his peace to you. Um, because one of the things that we got to... to fit in, you know, to our, our thoughts is that if we're singing songs, is that just because, you know, Josiah said, oh, I like that one, and I like this one, or well, one of the worship team likes that one. Well, I, you see, when you stand up here, you've got to believe that what has gone before is of the Lord, and that the Lord has been speaking through the songs that we've been singing. Amen. And so there may be some storms in here tonight. We've got a ministry team that's going to be here in a few minutes, and we're going to minister to you. Oh, that went down like a lead balloon. My goodness, Lord, help me. Help me here tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God, if you've got a storm, I'm feeling sorry for you. You and I will go out the back, and I'll minister to you. Anyway. Uh, we've got a ministry team here somewhere, yeah. and they, they want to help you tonight. We want to help you because God is a God of faithfulness. Amen? Amen. He is a God of faithfulness. You know, there was a guy who, in the Bible who was in a storm one time. His name was Saul of Tarsus. He actually wrote most of the New Testament for us. And he was, he was um, a murderous kind of guy. And um, he had watched Stephen being stoned in Acts chapter 7. 
And he, he held everyone else's coat until they killed him. And so he was that kind of guy. And he had, was on his way to Damascus to arrest all the Christians he could find and bring them back to Jerusalem. And, um, and so he has this experience of God. And um, as he's traveling along the road, he, he has this blind and light um, um, experience. And they say he fell off his horse. He's lying on the ground. And, um, and he, Jesus is standing there right in front of him. And, and, and then he goes blind. Could you imagine? Jesus is a healer, but he grew blind. I don't know that one. But <laughs> kind of weird, isn't it? And, and then he had to be led into Damascus because I really think Jesus was humbling his heart, really, trying to get the guy to be humble. And <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> um, so the Lord needed someone to heal him. And so he, he calls on this guy, this disciple, the unknown disciple. Well, he wasn't unknown because he had a name, but his name's only mentioned three times in the book of Acts. And his, his name was Ananias. And Jesus said this to Ananias. Uh, you are a responder like this. He says to Ananias, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So maybe he's going to call your name tonight. Who knows? If he calls your name, how is your response going to be? Whatever your name is. Amen? And, and because he, he wants to speak to us. You know, I had an experience. I've twice heard the audible voice of God in my life. And it was three months ago, really. Um, I was, it was half past four in the morning. I'm lying in bed, um, sleeping. And I hear my name being called. And I thought it was my wife, Yvonne, calling my name. But she was sound asleep, lying next to me. And I said, oh, it's the Lord. So I get up, and I'm ready for, you know, I'm going to write a book now because I've heard the audible voice of God. <laughs> You know, I've got the pen and the paper. I'm all ready to go. <clears throat> and I said, Lord, why, why did you call my name? Oh, he says, I'd just like to say your name. That's all he said to me. Do you know what I felt at that time? Why he had to wake me at half past four in the morning to tell me? I have no idea. But, you know, I felt loved, as they say in Texas, loved. Anyway, you know. <laughs> it, you know, I really did feel loved at that moment in time. And he did it a second time. But really, um, as, as I reflect on it, he was really trying to get my attention. And the Lord is really trying to get our attention in these days. Because he wants not only to speak to us, but he wants to speak through us to a dying world. A world that's in a terrible state at the moment. Amen? We can't deny that. And so he speaks to Ananias. And then, he, you've, I hear you've been learning about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know there's nine of them, and uh, Josiah ref, uh, reflected there a little bit on them. There's nine of them in, in um, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And of course, um, you know, he, the, what, what Paul does, or Saul did, Paul, well, yeah, Paul, we know him as Paul, he takes prophecy out of the nine gifts and he dips it into chapter 13 and then he takes prophecy and love
and he puts them together in chapter 14 because the gifts of the Holy Spirit are always to be operated in in love. You see, if he gives you a word of knowledge, it's because he loves someone with sinus problems. He loves someone who suffers migraine headaches. Who is that? Been suffering, yeah. In Jesus' name. Well, turn around and pray for them then. Anybody else that's been suffering migraine headaches? Well, gosh, two or three people here. Let's minister to these things as we go along tonight. Amen? Because God is a God of faithfulness. He knows everything. Amen? And let's just let him minister to us right now. Have you prayed for him? You sure? Uh, a little bit more. Thank you. A little bit more. Thank you, Jesus. Just be healed in Jesus' name. Receive everything that your heavenly Father has for you in these days. And, and so um, there's these nine gifts, you see. We, we think of prophecy as being the special one. And he really did want us to operate in prophecy because it says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 31, that we can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. So we can all prophesy, whether you've done it or not yet, you will or you'll have the opportunity to um, because God wants to use us in these gifts. Now, when I'm uh, speaking to a training school, I sometimes take them to, to the Scripture because sometimes I've heard people say, well, you know, you can have one of these gifts working in your life. Well, actually, you can have them all, okay? This is, this is my theology of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the easy way. Where does he live? Try in here. Deep down. He lives in here, does he? Well, if he lives in here, what does he do with his toolbox? Does he take it with him or does he leave it on the outside of you? You know, that's what we call the gifts of the, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit's toolbox that he gives to you and me. And he, he takes that with him when he came into your life. So there's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit within you, at least. They say there's more. But there's nine there that you can call on at any time that you need the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but especially that you would prophesy. Amen? And here we have the, an example of that in Acts chapter 9. Let me prove it to you because some of you are not believing me. I am a prophet and I can see what's going on. I see words written over your heads. And, you know, anyway, I won't discourage you. I'll keep you encouraged. That's what prophets do, encourage. Right, Lord, I'll do that. Okay. Um, so it says this here. It says here in verse 10. Um. Now, there was a certain disciple in Damascus. Now, that could have been in Phoenix, could it? Um, named Ananias. Um, well, we've got a Josiah. Is there an Ananias? No, I doubt it. But, um, and, and to him, the Lord said in a vis vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. 
And the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man and how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord just said to him, go. Okay? He didn't hand him a handkerchief. He didn't pat him on the head. He didn't go, oh, poor little thing. I'm really sorry that you have to do this. I've got, I don't have any, God didn't start crying. He just said, go. Do you know that two-thirds of God's name is go? Amen. The first two letters in the word gospel is go. So you've got no excuse. You just have to go. Amen? And if we step out and go, we'll be amazed at what God will do in us and what God will do through us because he is a God of faithfulness. And he just wants us to go and do what he's called us to do. And so he gives them all these words of knowledge. Go to the street called Straight, to the house of Judas, and you'll find this man called uh, Saul of of Tarsus. And he sees a guy called Ananias coming in, and he's going to lay hands on him, and he's going to prophesy over him and tell him everything that... um, God was going to do in and through his life. Amazing, isn't it? And so how many gifts of the Holy Spirit were used to bring Saul of Tarsus into his, into his ministry? Go, think about that for a moment. So we have the word of knowledge, amen? And we've had a little, little sprinkling of it this evening so far, Amen. And some of the ministry team will be jumping up here with words of knowledge in a few minutes. Okay, Lord, I'll have to give all the words of knowledge myself. Just give them all to me, Lord. Right, okay. Oh, my goodness, Lord. Help me, help me. Anyway, yes, so we've got the word of knowledge, right? And what else do we have here? We've got gifts of healings and miracles working because Saul's eyes got healed and the scales fell from his eyes. And if you're going to see healing like that, you need to, the gift of faith, yeah. right? And, and he had to step out in faith and do it. Remember, he didn't want to go there, right? How many didn't want to go to that place in Southern California? You know, maybe... You know, you reluctantly went, but glad you did in the end. I always remember my first mission trip. Now, this was before any of you were born. I don't even think you were a twinkle in your parents' eyes at that time. But it was in 1984. The Lord spoke to me one Sunday morning while I was preparing a message on a Sunday. And, and he, I read Keith Green's last newsletter, if you've heard of him. Right? I read his last newsletter, I got convicted by the Lord, and he said, I want your church to be a a church that send people out in mission. 
And he said, I'm sending you out first because I want you to be able to lay hands on people and all the places I send you, I want you to lay hands on them with conviction because you know what they're going to. I said, okay, Lord, now I've laid hands on thousands of missionaries that's gone from Antioch churches because I've been praying over most of the training schools now for 30 years. And sometimes there's over 100 in some of them and we lay hands on them all and prophesy over them and minister to them uh, before they go out on mission. Um, and anyway... And so I get up on Sunday morning and I'm preaching this stuff and, you know, there was, I'd just come, I'd just come from a little village up in the north part, of, a fishing village in the north part of Scotland. So, um, you know, there was only, the church was only a couple of years old and maybe 20 people or something there that Sunday. And anyway, when I'm, I start to preach and prophesy this to that 20 people, one lady stands up because my wife was looking after the kids and she runs in and said, hey, you better get up there because your husband's saying some things that you might want to hear about missions and going on to... Anyway, so I went and spoke to this friend that I knew who went to India. And I said, no, I understand you go to India. And this was in um, oh, November 1983. And, and, and I said, I hear you go to India. Now, um, I'll be ready probably in 1985. I wanted to pray, you see. You know, I wanted to give myself some time to seek the Lord. You know how we are. We're all like that, aren't we? Anyway, um, and so he, he, he didn't pay much attention to me, I didn't think. But anyway, I saw him in the January, and he said, you're going to India in May. I said, oh, really? He said, yes, we're, you're going in May. You're not going with me, but you're going with this other guy that works with me. And I was scared at this other guy. He was a prophet. And I thought, my goodness me, I don't know if I could go with him. Anyway, this was all set up. Now, if you know Mumbai in May... It's just before the monsoon, and it's 90 degrees heat and 90 degrees humidity. And I had never been out of frozen Scotland. So this was a whole new experience, and all I was there for was to carry suitcases, his and mine. <coughs> anyway, first day, we're in India. We're in this, the biggest slum in Asia is right in the heart of Mumbai, called Dharavana. <coughs> Excuse me. If you've seen Slumdog Millionaire, I, I, did, I, I, I went to life groups in the middle of that slum for many years. Um, and just an amazing place to minister. Um, anyway, we're, we're in there, you see, and there's a little church, a little building in the middle of the slum. And... This pastor starts to tell stories. And he says, you know, there's lots of murders goes on in this slum. Murders? It's my first day as a missionary. You know, God's man of faith and power. Well, I was scared to death. I know you wouldn't have been, but you weren't even born, okay? So 
I'm saying murders, murders. And he said, he said this, he said, well, you see, they'll take your body and they'll bury it under the trash and with the heat and the humidity, your very bones will disappear. I'm a Scotsman. Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> Just get me out of here, Lord. <laughs> but way before that, you see, I used to be a good Presbyterian. We didn't believe in the Holy Spirit at all. And, um, you know, it was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Book. And, and so we had no Holy Spirit, no grid for the Holy Spirit at all. And anyway, um, I got saved when I was a little boy, but, you know, it never re really grew in my faith. And there was, we, we only broke bread twice a year. And there was a real, um, just unscrew it a little bit for me, thank you. What a servant. See how he did that? Give him a big hand. Thank you. And <clears throat> thank you very much. And so we were breaking bread, and the minister had preached a great message, preached the gospel, and I was under conviction. And so I'm standing there looking at the bread and the wine, and I said, well, Lord, if you can do anything with this life, you're welcome to it. And I ate the bread, and I drank the cup. And the only thing is, that's the kind of prayer that God listens to. How many of you ever prayed this prayer? If you get me out of this one, Lord, I'll serve you the rest of my life. Okay, let's, no Pinocchios here tonight. Let me see the hands. Yeah, hey, look at this. We could have an altar call right now. <clears throat> we've prayed that prayer and I, you, you know our father which art in heaven hallowed be that you know we all know that prayer excuse me <coughs> we all know that prayer amen, amen. <clears throat> and anyway you can pray that prayer as much as you like and it's great but if you prayed the other prayer, he comes knocking. So I'm in the slum. I'm, I'm now in a slum in the middle of, in, uh, of Mumbai saying, get me out of here, God, would you please? He said, wait a minute. Didn't you say I could do anything with that life, with your life? And so I couldn't argue. And you know, my friend, I was there just to carry his suitcase. He suddenly leans over like this. He said, oh, by the way, you're preaching here tonight. I says, oh, my goodness me. <clears throat> um, uh, you know, and I was sweating anyway, but it was worse then. <laughs> but you see, God will throw you into the deep end of things. And, you know, he's not really much interested in, in the emotion you may feel at that time. He didn't beam me up at all. He just threw me right into the heart of it. And then there's that expectation that you'll start to move by faith and believe him for whatever it is that he wants you to do. And that's what was happening to Ananias. Now, if you listen to, to um, Kendall Lochlin, he kind of tells us that Ananias 
may have been the leader of the church in Damascus at the time. So actually, that would have put Ananias at the top of Saul of Tarsus' list for arrest. So he would have been maybe a little bit more frightened to go to that street called Strife. But something happens to him when he's on the journey. And this is one of the most beautiful things, I think, in the Bible. Because he goes to the street called Strife, he goes to the house of Judas, Judas, and he goes into the room and he says this, Brother Saul. Because you see, it takes the step of faith for the love of God then to work in your heart. And something of faith worked in his heart that he could release then the love of God. And then that's when the healing begins to take place. That's when the commissioning take, begins to take place. You see, that's when prophecy works the best, or that's the only way it works, when it works by love. And so as we step out on the gifts today, tonight, if we have a word of knowledge today, it's because God loves you. It's because he loves you. It's not, it's, it's not a show. It's... We just, we just do what God says, um, and it's because he loves you, and it's because he loves me, or he loves any of the rest of the team, because um, he, he wants to move by his Holy Spirit, and he wants to release his love in your heart and in my heart continually. And if he sees faith working, he will do anything to get to you if you're walking by faith. So I love asking this question. When was the last time you did something for the first time? That's faith talking. So when did you latch last time did you reach out beyond? You know, whatever happened to you in Southern California should be happening to you here. Because sometimes we come back home and we get familiar again. Don't we? Does that happen here too? It does. It happens to us. But there are people out there just in as much need as there is in Southern California. Amen? And maybe even they come from California. Maybe you're here tonight from California. Oh. <clears throat> and so we have to let the love of God have its way because God is a God of love, and he loves you, and he loves me. And he wants to equip us with all these tools so that we can reach out and reach out all the more in these days that we're living in. Because he's faithful, and he's true to his word. There's a guy called Smith Wigglesworth. He was an, he was an uneducated plumber from the northeast of England, and he said this. God will bypass 20,000 people to get to you if he sees faith working in your heart. When did you last do something for the first time? Have you ever asked him for a word of knowledge? You know, we could change this church on Sunday morning because you could ask God 
for a word of knowledge. And you could come into this room and sit down and believe God for a word for the people around you and encourage them. And it might encourage you so much that you might even stay for the second service again and do the same again. What? You know how it is. You know, we're, we're um, just a little bit religious, aren't we? And so, you know, you can come to the church of one or two ways. You know how it is, you've had a rough day on the Saturday and your football team or your baseball team or your basketball team have lost and, you know, things have not been going too well at university or at work and, you know, and there you are, you're going to go to church, you look as though you're baptized in lemon juice, but anyway, I better go or my life group leader has got it in for me, you know, and so I'll just go and I'll just sit at the back and I'll talk to no one. I've seen people like that in the church. Maybe I saw you in my dreams the other night. I don't know. But um, <clears throat> anyway, you know, you always see them. They always sit well, well at the back. And they're not going to talk to anyone. And then they're watching everyone coming in. And they're thinking, why is nobody talking to me? Well, just look in the mirror. And you'll see why they're not talking to you. You're baptized in lemon juice. Um, and you don't look like you want anyone to talk to you. Amen? <clears throat> you can go to church that way and nothing's going to happen. And you'll, I doubt if you'll be blessed. And you'll probably leave grumbling. Okay? Or else you can come by faith. Get up in the morning. Of course, I hope you all do this. And you're showering on a Sunday morning. And you're saying, Lord, just wash me. First the natural, then the spiritual. And then as you're praying on Sunday morning, it's great just to pray, Lord, if, if, if you have anything to say to anybody today, I just want you to know that I'm available. He wants to know that you're available to him. And then this is the next thing to say. And Lord, where do you want me to sit this week? Oh, you religious bunch. Because you always just come in, sit in the same place with the same crowd, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, you all know what this building looks like. And so in your mind's eye, this is maybe faith working. You know, when did you last do something for the first time? Amen? So let faith work in your heart. And um, you, you can see this building in your mind's eye and just ask God to highlight where he wants you to sit. We, we used to do this with our life group back home. It's great fun. And God always showed up. You know, he showed up in, in, in Southern California with, with words of knowledge. And he went out in the streets. It could be that he'll give you a word for someone here um, um, and on Sunday. I dare you to try it. Amen. Give God the opportunity to use you. I don't know if I believe these words of knowledge and things of the Holy Spirit. I didn't grow up with that. Either did I. But it works, and it works every time. Because the Holy Spirit always wants to use you. Now, it may be that you wake up with a sore head. Well, you know, I've got a sore head. I don't know why I've got a sore head. Well, it may be it's like God trying to show you something. 
you know? And give God the opportunity to use you in these ways. You could change this church by doing that, by being an encourager on Sunday morning. Amen? So I'll stand at the door when you come, and you can run your word of knowledge past me, and you can tell me where you're going to sit in the morning, and I'll just find out that it's a different place from before. And No, in fact, you can stand there and repent for being religious every Sunday and sitting with the same people in the same place, and I'll believe you, and I'll forgive you, because that's what it says. You forgive in John chapter 20. He's given us the power to forgive sins. I'll, I'll, I'll forgive you, and I'll make sure you don't sit in the same place, but you sit somewhere else. I mean, we could have great fun on Sunday morning, especially the second service, because you'll just be waking up on the second one, you know? And you never know what God might do through you. Maybe that God wants you to be an Ananias, to see someone's life change. Amen? Because he's a God that wants to change people's lives. You know, we were in Waco one Sunday, and Jimmy Seibert said, well, come with some words of knowledge. And so I was praying, and and, um, and I had some words, I got some words of knowledge. And one was for Billy Joe, you know. Well, you can easily find a Billy Joe. It's not, you know, not a big deal in Texas, is it? <laughs> Billy Joe, come on, she's there somewhere in her cowboy boots, I'm sure. <clears throat> right, so, um, so, uh, right, so I get Billy Joe, and, and then I have a word for Frank. And, and the, I said, right, Frank, yeah, I want to be very frank with Frank. And so he was going to get a very straight word spoken to him that morning. Um, and so that was fine for the first service. And, and so we had three ladies with that name in, in the congregation. And then this lady phones in, and she was in the army, and she said that whenever you called my name, I knew exactly what the Lord was saying to me to do in the next five years of my life. I've never met her, but because we called her name, it was enough. She was praying and saying, Lord, I just need to know you're speaking to me. Billy Joe! <laughs> Amen? And he called her name. And we had three francs that day being spoke to, spoken to frankly about their lives and about what God wanted to do. And I think I called out uh, from the platform one of these things. And then on the second service, you know, we, it, it wasn't normal to do this word of knowledge thing um, usually in the service. So um, um, I'm standing there and I said to Jimmy, he said, oh, I've got another name. And he said, okay, here you go, call it out. And I said, is there a Wilma in the, in the room? A Wilma, and then there's an elder standing in the front looking at me. That's a Scottish name. No, it's not. I mean, we got Wilma and the Flintstones, didn't we? Wilma! No. Anyway, but anyway, he must have forgotten about that. He said, that's a Scottish name. How do you expect there to be a Wilma in this service? He was very adamant. He didn't say it out loud. He came and repented afterward. Because there was a little old lady standing next to him, put up her hand, go, I'm Wilma. 
It just, it was, it, it was just great to see how God works and God moves. Now, he can do that through your life too. But you see, what we do, you see, the battlefield is the mind. I've got three minutes and a half. Uh, um, the, the battle is either won or lost in the mind. Because, you know, when you're trying to hear God's voice, is, you know, I've heard some people say this, well, I went to have my quiet time and the devil said this to me. I said, wow, how did he get into your quiet time? <laughs> Who invited him to your quiet time? In fact, I don't think you're that important for the devil to be there in your quiet time. I think maybe he's um, sitting in the Kremlin in Russia at the minute, devising what he's going to do next. Amen? Or something like that, or somewhere else. But he's not omnipresent, is he? He's not omnipresent. And so we just have to have perspective on some of these things. But when I go to have my quiet time, I expect God to speak to me. Amen? So this is how we, I would say it. When It's very simple, really. Um, that when you're seeking the Lord for something, usually the first thought is God. That's usually the first thought. The second thought is you. And that's you qualifying the thing that God has said and trying to work yourself out of it. Okay? The third voice is the voice of the enemy. Because the next week, you'll be nothing but condemned because you didn't take the step of faith. And that last soul was the longest. And because the enemy's job is to disqualify, disqualify you completely, if he can. But we don't let him do that because the mind is a battlefield where the battle is either won or lost. And we have to watch that we don't talk ourselves out of these things. Okay, now Dawson and I, we took care of the devil tonight. We were praying earlier. I don't, you weren't here, so we, we could have included you in our prayer meeting. But the devil is nowhere near this building tonight. Okay? There's only one enemy in the room tonight. And it's you. You're your own worst enemy for believing God and stepping out in faith. Just let that sink in a little bit. Amen? Because we want God to move amongst us. We want God to do something in our lives. And listen, we're at the, the we're in a, uh, this is what God said to me, or said to me a few years ago, that this next three, ne this next four years are very important, up to 2025. And I believe we're in, this three years that we are in are years of gathering the spoil. Now, God spoke to me of that out of Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20. And I believe it's a word for us now. And what I'm seeing is, you see, we all want revival. But what we need before revival is a move of the Holy Spirit. Because if we don't see a, a move of the Holy Spirit, we'll not understand what revival is when it comes. So we need to get to know the Holy Spirit and know how he's going to move in us and how he's going to move through us. Okay? And, you know, we're going to have a move of the Holy Spirit in churches all over the United States 
all over Great Britain as well. You know why? So that we're not running away to Bethel or some other place looking for a blessing, but we've got it here. Amen? You got the blessing here amongst you. And, um, and I believe that leads into something in 2025 that I call a manifestation of Jesus like the world has never seen. And I believe that's the start of revival where we'll begin to see God do extraordinary miracles in our lives. That's where I am in my faith as I pray and believe God. And really, I came here to stoke the fire tonight so that we could see God move in and through our lives. Amen. There's a worship team coming up. Here we go. So we're going to believe God tonight. I don't know if you know the Holy Spirit. Nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's one of them called speaking in tongues. Oh, what we're going to do with that one? Eh? My goodness. You know, there's seven gifts of the Holy Spirit that you'll find in the Old Testament. And there's only two gifts that you'll find. in The, the, the other two you find in the New Testament that were kept for the New Testament church. You know which two that was? Tongues and interpretation of tongues. You've got tongues vaguely spoken about in one scripture in the Old Testament, and that's in Isaiah chapter 28. Okay? But, you know, you can jump up. You're going to jump up. Yeah. I need, I'm fed up talking now, so they're all on the edge of their seat. They're ready for you to go and get the Holy Ghost moving here. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> and so it's gifts that God has given to us. There's a lady called Jackie Poolinger. Have you heard of her? Yeah. Right? Well, she's a friend of mine, actually. <laughs> anyway, but she said, why live with half of your, your prayer life not working? Because it says, we, you know, we keep quoting, we keep quoting, um, Oh, he's opening his Bible again. I'm a preacher, so I could be here a long time. Um, um, and, and we keep quoting 1 Corinthians chapter 14, right? And we usually quote verse 1, and then we jump to verse 3. Let me read verse 2 to you. I don't suppose you can just think of maybe what it says offhand, okay? For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to man... But to God, who cares about you when I can speak to my heavenly Father? Amen? You know, I usually get up 5 o'clock in the morning. I'll have to go home to my bed very soon. Um, and, because, and I'll spend two, maybe three hours praying in the Holy Ghost. And over this, over this uh, COVID time, um, I couldn't leave Scotland and so I would get up and, and I would go to our church building at 5 o'clock every morning and I would, I would have some wine and I would have a cracker with me and I would break it up and I would start to break bread and, and I would be praying for you you would be included when I pray for the Antioch movement you see 
I'm the prophet to the Antioch movement. They would say that, one of them anyway. And every prophet in the Old Testament was an intercessor. So if you want to be prophetic, you'll be someone that prays. That'll be the mark of your prophetic ministry, that you're one that can intercede. And so the main part of my ministry over two years has been interceding and seeking God for what it is that God wants to happen in our churches. And I would have this little mantra. It would go like this. From Indonesia to Malaysia, to Mongolia to Siberia, from Seattle, San Diego, South California, Tijuana, Mexico, Central and South America, Fullerton, L.A. Where do you live? Phoenix would be my next stop. And then maybe I might stop and break bread as I'm thinking about you, as I'm praying for you. And then we would move on. I would also, I would always mention Chicago. We don't have a church there yet, but I'm very interested in Chicago because they're killing themselves in that city. Amen. And we need to do something about it. So Chicago and Indy, Detroit and Ann Arbor, Beverly and Boston. And then I would go to Colorado and Salt Lake City, uh, Wichita. Um, and I would go down through the center, the central states, and then to Austin and, and San Antonio, over to, to uh, central Houston, the Bay Area, and Galveston. We just keep mentioning all the different churches that I could think of every day, every day praying for a move of the Holy Spirit in your life moves of the Holy Spirit, that God would come and God would do whatever it is that he wants to do in your life. The eyes of the Lord goes to and fro, and he's looking to see if he can find faith in the earth. What do you believe in God for? Reach out. Maybe it's your go- you want to go on this outreach um, or, or this mission trip. And you don't have the money yet. Well, why not by faith come and tell someone tonight that you want to go and you believe in God? That's step one. Take the step of faith. What is God stirring your heart with? Who is that roommate that doesn't know Jesus yet? Who is that person that you work with that doesn't know Jesus yet that you want to see saved? Reach out to them. That's a step of faith. It may be tonight as we're going to pray for you if you would like prayer. Um, that um, The step of faith is for you to get out of that seat, come forward, and let someone pray for you. That's a great step of faith. We've all, lots of us have taken that step of faith and allowed God to speak into our lives. If you don't do it, you will never know. You see, again, back to the prophetic scripture that keeps being mentioned, it says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you would prophesy. And I always say this, if, you've, if you don't have a desire, it, you, it just won't work. It doesn't work for you. <laughs> there has to be a desire in your heart. If you want there to be a desire in your heart, come forward. So, Where's the ministry team? Just come and stand here.
Does any of you have a... You should be in this. You just come and stand here. Me? Just stand here. Thank you. That's fine. Have you got a word of knowledge yet? Uh, I see grasslands. See grasslands. Grassland. Who's a grass cutter in this place? Anybody? Does grasslands mean anything to anybody in the room? Then what's your name? Izzy. Izzy. Come and see Izzy, okay? Right? We're going to trust God. What's your need tonight? Let him come. What's your storm tonight? The things that we were talking about earlier. Let God minister to you because he is a God of faithfulness. Amen? Jesus Lord we give you praise we want to thank you for your grace tonight Lord in Jesus name in Jesus name Lord we just ask for the release of your Holy Spirit in and upon our lives maybe someone needs to come for a rededication tonight just come and dedicate your life back to the Lord maybe that you've because of COVID and all that stuff you know there's been lots of things that may have happened and maybe you walked away for a while and you're on your way back well why don't you make the commitment tonight now is the day of salvation now is the time to just to come back just come forward and let someone pray for you Let someone minister to you tonight. In Jesus' name.